You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 239. Today, we have a special on-air coaching session. Help, I'm comparing my kids. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course and Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. I am so glad to be in your ears, so glad to be connecting again. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Mindful Parenting member Liliana, whose oldest child has been really difficult and was recently diagnosed with ADHD, while the younger son has been relatively easy. And so these comparisons between them have been popping up in her brain and leading some to some major guilt. And we, so we talk about that plus how to set boundaries on sweets and cartoons. Well, you'll hear that also in this episode too. So you're going to hear some important takeaways that I really want you to get. How judgment is toxic, but comparison is normal. Um, How to deal mindfully with unwelcome thoughts and that kids need healthy boundaries from us, right? Like this is a, a very important piece. So This is going to be a very helpful episode, I think, for you. Um, I know that it can help do a lot for you. So listen all the way to the end, especially on those boundaries on sweets and and things. And uh, before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to Tracy Nolan Bierman. Hey, Tracy, thanks for the five-star review on Apple Podcasts. She said she loves it. I'm so happy. Thank you, Tracy. Psyched. Shout out to you. And also a nice shout out to another five-star review, Tori Dubes. Grounded, kind, and real. Oh, you are so sweet. Thank you very much, Tori. I really, really appreciate that. It makes me feel amazing to hear these and read these reviews and helps other people find the podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much. And one more thing to let you know before we go into this special on our coaching call is that the mindful parenting free training is coming soon and we have some brand new amazing content for your mindful parenting free training you'll be hanging out with me live four days through from september 9th 10th 11th and 14th and we're going to be going to be doing some free trainings talking about why your kids don't listen to you how to stop yelling. We're going to talk about parenting during this pandemic. And then finally, three myths that keep you from being the parent that you want to be. And these are all going to be live. We're going to record them if you don't make it. But you should try to make it because we're going to do giveaways for people who are there live. It's so fun to go through this with so many other parents. So make sure you're a part of it and tell your friends. It's at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. We should have a link in your the show notes for this episode. So if you go to your podcast player and there might be another like tab for show notes on mine, there is, or you might flip it over and see those show notes. And there might be a link right there that you can click on right now and sign up. You won't regret it. And I'll be psyched to hang out with you during the free training so you can he- learn even more. But I know you're going to get so much out of this episode, so definitely listen on to the end. This is our special on-air coaching call with Mindful Parenting member Liliana. Let's dive right in. Liliana, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Hunter, for having me. It's really an honor. Yay. And you're, you've been a mindful parenting member for a little while now. And so, you know, the drill, what are your wins? <laughs> <laughs> there, there have been quite a few. They actually started even before I joined the course because I had been your podcast listener for a few months before that. 
And even then I thought I had everything figured out already. And <laughs> I remember saying that maybe I won't learn anything in the course. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel so humbled right now <laughs> because um, I've learned a bunch. And I guess my major, my major win is sort of improved self-awareness. Mm. So I had been in therapy before for two years, but um, this was like a really good, continuation and the deepening of everything that I had achieved before. Okay. Um, so I think I learned to really be calmer <laughs> and more mindful and understand my emotions better and needs and to be able to gain that pause. <laughs> mm. um, and I think I started to understand my child better, my children, but mostly my older child who sort of motivated me to join this course in the first place and understand his needs um, and be able to use more skillful language to communicate better. So um, it's really been transformative in a lot of ways. Thank you. Yay. Oh, that's so wonderful. That makes me feel amazing, of course, to hear that. And that's really I did great. start meditating. I thought it wasn't for me. Like I'm not I'm not a meditator kind of person. <laughs> I'm mindful enough. <laughs> but then I did start meditating and I found that sitting it should, it was the sitting pose that mm. wasn't a good fit for me because mm. I have a bad back. Mm. But as soon as I, I transferred to lying on my back. Mm. Um, on a yoga mat, um, everything went fine. Like, um, I, awesome. I'm okay with just lying there for 10 to 12 minutes usually mm -hmm. um, and, and meditating. And it's really working wonders. <laughs> yay, yay, high five for the wind. And you're, you're feeling the effects of your meditation practice, it sounds like. You're, you're, you're sensing it in your life. Yes, I didn't start feeling them right away. Like, you know, as everybody mm -hmm. warned, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't come after the first meditation, but after a few weeks, yes. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yay. High fives <laughs> for all of those wins. That's fabulous. Uh, yeah, you can, you can meditate in a lazy boy to your listener. You can meditate lying down. I've, uh, I know a bunch of people who meditate or not a bunch, but I know some people meditate in bed in the morning when they first wake up. I keep trying that because I'm like really lazy and I really want to just meditate in bed. But I find that the, my mind is categorically different when I get myself to where I normally sit. It's so interesting. <laughs> I haven't established one spot in the apartment yet, although I know it's a recommended practice. Mm -hmm. it, it's not working. And I haven't established one time doesn't seem to work. I just do it whenever I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you have you have a five-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So that mm. that generally having a one-and-a-half-year-old around the house makes finding an established time really challenging. But if you can just make it happen about once a day or so anyway, then, you know, then obviously you can feel those effects. You're, you're proof of that at this point, which is cool. Yep. So good. Good. I think probably as your child, uh, you know, as your, as your younger son gets a little more, um, as he just ages and things become more predictable, you'll probably find that time. So keep, keep an eye out for it, for it as you go along. Um, I will, thanks. All right, cool. So some good wins, uh, more awareness, some calm, more calm, all that stuff. Um, and, um, and what are some of the challenges that are arising? Um, well, my probably biggest challenge in my relationship with, with my older son, Misha, mm -hmm. um, which is the equivalent or Mikhailik, which is the equivalent for Michael in English. I guess I'll just call him Misha. Okay. <laughs> <'Cause it's easier. laughs> so, um, my biggest challenge has been like really accepting him for who he is, um, and not comparing him to other kids, to mm -hmm. all the friends' kids who seem to be developing faster and doing things better and you know being less of a fuss <laughs> than, mm. than Misha was um and I've that's why I went into therapy and uh, that's why I joined the course um and it is becoming easier 
but um, it's still a challenge because now uh, he has a younger brother, uh, three and a half years his junior. Mm-hmm. And the brother is just, you know, like any usual child at one and a half, he already has some words that he can say. And he started walking a few months ago and you know, his development is pretty fast and um, he has no health issues except for atopic skin, which, mm. which can be dealt with. And it just, on one hand, it's such a relief. I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on the other hand, I feel like, um, you know, I'm not being um, fair to his older brother um, mm. that I constantly compare them in my head Sometimes I voice those comparisons to friends mm-hmm. and um, I wonder if this is like how A, how to stop doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> and B, how harmful it is for the older child mm-hmm. um, and whether I should be concerned about it at all, I guess. So how to stop comparing. And so it sounds like Misha probably from the beginning was pretty difficult and challenging. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so there were a lot of issues. Yeah. In all spheres. We spent some weeks in hospital and then we had issues with breastfeeding and with sleep. I took a bunch of courses, consulted a bunch of people. <laughs> and we went to neurologists and psychologists with him, like in the first two years of his life, we did a lot of work. Mm. And then we couldn't place him in daycare. We we tried several several places, like none would fit. He would re- get really stressed about it. Mm. And finally, now it's okay. Like he is in daycare and he loves. He spends all day there. He even started napping there uh, after um, he didn't nap uh, for over two years, mm. and then he. Went that daycare facility and he wanted to stay in that and I was like hooray (laughs) 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 angels start singing (laughs) yeah you know uh, this place is really good for him um but now um his um teachers there complain that he's not attentive Mm -hmm. and he's displaying signs of ADHD um, and we um, recently had a confirmation from a psychiatrist that he probably does have a mild form of ADHD, which does not require any medication, mm-hmm. but it requires a lot of other forms of intervention. Mm. So what behavioral did... intervention? Mm-hmm. So, um, so Misha sounds like Misha's going to need a lot more attention in a lot of ways than his brother. Absolutely. And that, that, that might be one of the places where you, you feel some of that, like that guilt and worry and, and kind of comparison is, is like where he's getting a lot of attention too. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I would just offer you um, in one way is like the, that your second son is just much more nor- is more normally developed and that relief you feel you know i felt that too <laughs> i mean not my my older daughter does not have adhd she's actually quite precocious now but she was super intense as a a young I mean, she's the one who made me do all this work right like it was she was very intense and difficult and challenging and when daughter number two came along and was a lot easier as a baby, I was like, oh gosh, thank goodness. You know, it just was a huge, huge relief. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you know that feeling. And I feel like in a lot of ways, it's so much better to have it. Like, I mean, happen in that order that that, that number one is much more difficult than number two because at least you're like prepared right for this this level of intensity and then in then you're it's not quite so intense and you can just relax a little bit more so i i'm very sorry for if you dear listener if you you had the reverse but you know for for those of us at it in that order that was a little better so i just want to normalize that like that's a really natural and normal reaction to to having that experience that super intense difficult experience going to 
preschools and not being able to have your child stay in the preschools because of his, you know, behavior or restlessness or all those different things, that's hard. That's frustrating. That's a lot of stress to deal with, to, to have to deal with all the other things that came along with that package. That's a lot to deal with. And you had to really grow and learn as a person. It, it made you stretch yourself. It, it added a Absolutely. lot of difficulty, difficulty to your life. So then of course to feel this relief is natural and normal. And, and I invite you to just as best you can let go of any guilt for that because it, it makes a lot of sense. It's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. You're only human. Liliana. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my first counselor told me that like you're human. <laughs> Accept it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have high expectations for ourselves. And um, and you want to start, you want to be able to stop comparing. And it sounds like you're already um, doing some restraint in your comparing, right? Because you're noticing, sometimes I say, I voice these out loud to my friends. So, which means that sometimes you have these thoughts and you don't also voice them. You're, it sounds like you are practicing some restraint already and kind of, aiming that way away from comparison, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious about you. You've been through our module two, kind of looking at some of those things about why, how you were parented. Um, this question of being accepting, when, as you grew up, was what kind of environment were you brought up with? Were, you, were your flaws and difficulties and things like that accepted by your own parents? Uh, well, I was deeply loved because I was a really expected child, but um, I felt like my mother had a vision of, you know, the perfect child she wanted to have. And she sort of didn't, um, she saw that vision more than she saw me for who I was. Mm -hmm. And when I started working with, with a psychologist, with a counselor, I had to do a lot of, you know, healing <laughs> from the trauma that I got from the super loving and super caring mom, like almost a helicopter mom, a super controlling mom too. <laughs> mm. And that's the kind of mom I don't want to be. Um, although I think I have done the healing and I don't, I don't feel resentful at her anymore, which is a big relief. <laughs> mm. um, but um, yeah, we do sort of bring um, and I try not to bring, you know, the, mm -hmm. the schemas from my childhood into my, my children's childhood and, you know, substitute coaching for controlling like what, what yeah. you have in model seven, I guess. Yeah. Seven. So yeah, um, uh, the way I was parented definitely made a huge mm -hmm. impact on, you know, on my children's life as well. So that kind of perfection model was something yeah. that was really there for you and that you've had to do a lot of healing around. Is that never good enough? I had to be a good girl. Yeah, my yeah. mom had to be proud of me and not ashamed of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was very important. Yeah. There's like so many listeners now like <laughs> nodding their heads like, yes, you know, because as women, especially in in, in men I know you're there too but let's, the women who are listening it's like that's a huge thing that many of us were brought up with this this you know we have to be perfect and we have to be acceptable and so you know and the, I'm sorry this no, was the Soviet yeah. Union I was born in the Soviet Union oh, wow wow in 1984 so my first few years of life were spent in the Soviet Union where it was, you know, the mentality was completely different. It wasn't individualistic. You know, the whole tribe brought up the kid. So every kid had to stand up to the expectations, you know, not to make their parents look bad in front of the neighbors sort of thing. Thankfully, the mentality has changed a lot. It is changing still. Mm -hmm. But... I'm still, yeah, I carry this, a little bit of the solitudian in me. Sure, sure, I bet. Yeah, I mean, I remember being a kid and watching the, the Soviet gymnastics teams and being like, whoa, you know, and so there was a sort of expectation of perfection, I think, maybe even in that culturally Absolutely. too, culturally too. So, wow, wow, that's interesting. So that, so 
you were saying you want to be able to accept Misha, right? And you want to be able to, how to stop comparing the two brothers in general, right? Yeah, yeah. and comparing the two brothers, and I guess, I've stopped comparing Misha to his peers, finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a big issue for me in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't do that anymore. Like, in my head, I don't do that anymore. But I still, you know, every time that... Um, that my uh, youngest son's name is Andre Andrew. Mm-hmm. So every time Andrew does something, you know, um, like something really developmentally uh, advanced <laughs> for his age, like wow, Nisha couldn't do this at two and a half, mm. and this one already does it at one and a half. Mm. And I try not to voice it, but you know, it sometimes spells out mm. and. Um, I try not to voice it in front of Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. And I good. think I'm pretty good about it. But, you know, I, I sometimes lose my guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, and I think that part of this is like, there's a middle path here, right? Like, you, uh, you have a really, um, you know, you have a really smart and empathetic instinct to have some restraint around the these comparison thoughts that are coming up for you, which is great. But I also want to offer you that it's okay for your kids to know that some of their differences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay for them to know some of their differences. And it's also probably healthy for you to have a, a place where you can voice some of these thoughts and observations that you're having. So maybe with your partner, right? Like that's a great place to kind of have some of these, um, notice some of these different things. I mean, my husband and I, we talk about our children, of course, and, you know, we talk about the differences between them. And I think if we can think about that, just reframe it in such a way, like where we can, we can talk about the differences in a way that's not like better or worse, but mm-hmm. just different, you know, this yeah. is so different than what we were used to with Misha and it's exciting and it feels good, right? Like that's great. Like that's totally fine and that's normal, right? And you can talk to Misha ultimately about kind of understanding as he grows older, understanding himself, you know, when when you were young, you struggled with some of these things and now you do those things really well. And, and just these kind of like understanding himself, you know, there's, there's certain ways that you have to take care of yourself that are different from the way your brother has to take care of yourself himself because, you know, and, and finding developmental ways to talk about those differences, I think um, can be perfectly fine and healthy. And as long as we, it's, I think what I'm kind of hearing the, what we want to what what we want to avoid is like that that judgment place right and also we talk about like that labeling right where we if we say you're the you're the smart one versus you're the you're the you know crazy ADHD one right you know like so we don't want to we don't want to do that we want to talk about those differences in a way that's non-judgmental and i think part of that is um you know, kind of like feeling it out. And so it sounds like this, how to stop comparing, I think is, um, I think is a, a worthwhile endeavor, right? Is a worthwhile place to like apply some restraint and some mindfulness and some awareness around, right? So what I would invite you to do is to kind of, is going to be an extension probably of what you're already doing is to start to just notice when you're comparing, Just Mm -hmm. practice that noticing and you're going to, you know, you're going to close your eyes. You're going to pause and you're going to say, oh, comparing, you know, (laughs) comparing, just like noting it, right? Okay. I'm comparing right now. And you might say to yourself like, okay, like how does this feel? So let's imagine, let's do it for, for real. Can you imagine a time you recently compared? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Tonight. (laughs) Tonight. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so close your eyes and just breathe for a moment and kind of play the play the video in your mind back of tonight and picture that comparison. And um, do you mind saying out loud in this format, like what was the comparison thought that came to mind for you? Yeah, the 
I asked if um, my um, younger child, Andrew, wanted a piece of chocolate, which he was asking for, like pointing his finger. And he said, da, which is a perfect yes in Ukrainian. And he's not 18 months old yet. And I thought, ah, Misha started doing that after two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's fine. And that's really like very benign, of course. So, but let's just imagine (laughs) that, let's imagine that thought. And I just want you to kind of rewind and put yourself in that moment and maybe just touch a hand to your heart and breathe and just note mentally comparing. And then I want you to just notice how does, what does it feel like in your body? Do you notice any sensations in your body as you put yourself in this moment? Nothing unpleasant. Okay. All right. So just comparing. So just noticing that comparing and, and part of what to, part of what noticing it and noting it does is to just bring about this, and I want you to kind of invite in this sense of kindness and curiosity, okay? So rather than like a label or a judgment that's arising, right? Like, so we just want to move these um, encounters away from this sense of judgment and towards this sense of curiosity. Isn't that interesting, these differences? And so you can kind of just like, uh, you know, ask yourself that in your head. Isn't that interesting, these differences? Huh? And then just take a breath. And then allow yourself to then move into that next moment. And you can, you can open your eyes and just kind of check in with me. And so does that feel similar, different to how that experience was IRL. (laughs) (laughs) It feels really different because it was more mindful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, sort of, I do feel a little bit, you know, this relief right now that it's okay. Mm -hmm. Validation is very important. (laughs) Hearing someone else or like a mentor say that it's okay (laughs) is very important. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I really like the idea of substituting judgment for curiosity. And that's what I've been trying to practice in all of my relationships, not just with my kids, mm-hmm. but also with, with my partner and, and with my parents and with my friends and with myself. Like yes. Self-compassion self-compassion is huge. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break. We are supported by Braddock Face Masks. I have to say that this is the most comfortable face mask I have worn so far. And trust me, I have tried a bunch of them. I have a whole bunch. The Braddock Face Masks are the most comfortable, plus they're upcycled, eco-friendly, they're stay cool, dry fit technology. They basically don't suck to wear and they're wonderful reusable face masks, which we're going to need a lot of, especially our kids are going to need a lot of. We have to wear them, right? We all got to wear them right now. This isn't news to you. And I kind of really hated those face masks at first, but these are really, really comfortable. What I like about Braddock face masks is that they actually feel good to wear. They have this great fabric and they're upcycling. So I don't know if you know what this is, but upcycled fabrics are brand new existing fabrics that they repurpose for their masks, reducing waste and materials. Less waste equals less harm to the environment. And I've talked to the owner of this company personally. He's really cool dad of a two-year-old who has work in Los Angeles making these masks here in the USA. So it is an incredible place to support. And plus, you know, our kids are going to have to have so many face masks if they're going into school. They have kids sizes and they're machine washable and they really hold up after dozens and dozens of washes. I've gone through a bunch of masks already, but not anymore because I have these great Braddock face masks. So now when you check out, you go to their website at BraddockUSA.com and you'll see they already have great prices, but for a limited time, we're going to hook you up with an additional 25% off with the promo code 
Hunter on your first purchase. Now you can't wait because it's only a limited time. So get 25% off your entire order for the rest of the summer with the promo code Hunter at BraddockUSA.com. That's B-R-A-D-D-O-C-K-U-S-A.com. Huge. It is huge, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm really glad you've been practicing that because, yeah, because what sometimes in these moments you're going to have judgment come up, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, mom, you know, we forgive you, we love you, but sometimes mom's voice is going to come <laughs> into your brain. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure you hear, you know, you hear that and you, you feel that and you're going to feel the difference. Like the judgment's going to feel tighter, mm-hmm. more rigid, right? More controlling. It's not going to feel as good. So then as you practice like comparison and then you notice, oh, judgment. Okay. So the practice is then to bring that loving awareness, that kindness and curiosity to that judgment and that rigidity in that hard place, that, that, that heart, that where it's kind of getting tighter inside and, and to bring that to yourself now, right? Because this is that judgment and that rigidity. That's like a form of suffering. doesn't mm-hmm. feel very good. It's not, doesn't, it's not great for our kids. It's not great for us. Yeah. So the idea is to then pause and, you know, that comparison may come up and it may be something you know, maybe something heavier and not so benign as like saying yes, right? It may be something that's that, you know, because we have inside all of us, all of the thoughts, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, um, and that's okay. We can't control these thoughts that arise in our, our head, you know, in general, right? Like we can yeah. cultivate, uh, we can cultivate positivity and all of those things. But as these, these thoughts arise, it's not like you chose to have like a wicked, terrible, judgmental thought, you know? (laughs) So, so when you notice that comparison happening and you notice judgment happening, I want you to practice putting the phrase, I'm having the thought that in front of it. And I know we talk about that in the modules, but Mm -hmm. I'm having the thought that is great because it it gives you good (laughs) (laughs) it separates you from the thought you're not identifying with the thought you know the thought is just this thought bubble (laughs) that's happening and you you are the one who is observing it right so it gives you that little bit of space between stimulus and and response so so if you want again close your eyes and just kind of imagine some kind of mean old nasty ugly thought that has arisen in your life and just breathe for a moment notice how it feels in the body do you notice if an an unpleasant thought then an ugly thought comes up can you notice how it feel it changes the way the body feels yeah there's tightness in the stomach yeah okay cool so that's okay so then just I'm just put the phrase, I'm having the thought that in front of your thought. Mentally. Good. And then I invite you to just maybe again, put that hand to your heart, you know, and offer yourself that compassion, right? Like it's okay. It's not your fault. Trust your goodness. You know, this is, is it wasn't a conscious choice, <laughs> right? So just offering yourself some, some compassion that these, remembering that all of humanity has these thoughts arise, these ugly thoughts, and this, that's okay. You're not alone. How does it feel to kind of walk through that a little bit mentally? Better, less guilty. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, because the guilt doesn't leave us leave us in a very good place. Okay, good. So, so when comparing arises, note it. Mm-hmm. Bring that kindness and curiosity to that moment, 
And then when judgment arrives, or, you know, and even with the comparing, you can say, I'm having the thought that. Mm-hmm. And when that judgment arises, it feels a little uglier, a little harder. You're just going to bring compassion, bring some kindness to yourself because that, that's, that's the process. That's, that's how we kind of unhook from these things. Mm-hmm. How does this land with you? Really good. Thank you. That, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> Yes, yes. (laughs) Some steps to do. And so working with this means, you know, this is something that's kind of come up in your life recently. So what you can do, how to work with this is to just um, make this an intention over the next two or three weeks, right? So you might even um, write on a sticky note, um, you know, notice comparing or Mm -hmm. practice noting comparing or whatever works for you as like a reminder. And I would put that sticky note by your bedside, um, put it, you know, so you see it when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, so that you can just remind yourself to practice. Maybe sometimes I think the bathroom mirror is a great place to put reminders for myself. And, you know, if, if Misha asks, you can say, you know, I've noticed, I'm, I'm noticed sometimes I, compare, I've had thoughts about comparing and I'm trying to just notice when I'm doing that. And if you ask mm-hmm. more questions, you can answer them. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great seeing, seeing mom do some work like that is, is uh, a great thing to model. Really good thing to model. I'm not sure if you can process it uh, yet, but we we'll never know. <laughs> my guess is it's just going to go right over his head. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> if. <laughs> <laughs> if um that's great okay cool so does this feel like a plan moving forward yeah absolutely thank you all right awesome all right and um and you you also wrote about sort of another challenge that you were having i think we probably have a little time to just to mm-hmm. discuss that too do you want to just explain what it is yeah like setting limits um, I've, when I listened to this module about conflicts and conflicts resolution, it was about uh, everybody having their own needs. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like my child's, like my child, of course, he has the needs for love and acceptance and everything and belonging, but then his major needs are uh, to eat something sweet, <laughs> <laughs> like an ice cream <laughs> every day, several times a day, uh, to watch um, cartoons, as many as possible, uh, to watch his dad play video games, maybe. <laughs> To talk with his grandma on Facebook with all the faces, you know, all the effects. He likes the effects. And, um, you know, to play, to, to role play. Um, so uh, to do, you know, all of those um, interesting, fun things. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, but uh, my needs <laughs> are for him, you know, to eat nutritious food, <laughs> not ice cream all day. You know, to get dressed, to get out of uh, out of home and back home, to do the exercise, to brush his teeth, and it's like constant conflict of interest. Like every ten minutes, we have a conflict of interest. <laughs> he wants to do his thing, and I want him to do like my thing, the right thing, mm. and it's a constant negotiation. And I feel like. I have to set limits all the time. Like, no, we're not going to have ice cream right now. First, we're going to have dinner and then we can have ice cream or Mm -hmm. uh, something sweet. And he says, no, I want ice cream right now. Mom, I promise I'll eat dinner after this. (laughs) He's like, he's so adorable. He's like, oh, I promise. And you paint it, of course. I will eat everything you give me on the plate. (laughs) And of course, he makes an effort to eat afterward. He, he is the kind of kid who wants to please and he wants to be, you know, he doesn't want to be naughty. So he sort of wants to be nice. But of course, if he eats a full ice cream, he's not going to be able to eat much of the meat or vegetables that is served for dinner. So he eats a couple of spoons and that's it. And I know that it's going to happen. And um, 
we get into this bickering. No, you know, first you need to eat the dinner and then the ice cream. And I can't seem to find a routine for those things. You know, for first you need to do your exercise, like physical developmental exercise that he needs to do, and then we'll watch the cartoon. He said, no, I'll watch the cartoon and then I'll do the exercise. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> if I do let him watch a, a part of the cartoon, he does do the exercise, of course, but then not, you know, probably not full exercise mm. because he's not motivated by that external motivation as much yeah yeah and, yeah yeah so this 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 kind of problem hmm well i would i yeah and so you said that you know he has like these needs and and you have these needs and i already say that you do need to set boundaries yeah you need to set boundaries all day and kids do need boundaries set um However, and, and I would encourage you to kind of like reframe your thinking about that. Like he doesn't, it's not a need of his to have sweets all day. Like, and to watch cartoons, like he has a, what will that do for him? Well, that will offer him fun and that will offer, you know, and, and sweets taste good and things like that. So the underlying Definitely. needs, right? There, there are underlying needs there of, of fun and, and pleasure and all of those things. Those are really the underlying needs. Mm -hmm. So those are his solutions to how to meet his needs, right? Are like eat sweets all day. I would definitely encourage you to listen to episode 224 with Evelyn Triboli. There's really some interesting um, I learning. Did. Yeah, I'm about like <laughs> especially food. I know it really makes you think about it. And one strategy I've heard in, um, recently was that, you know, if your child wants, maybe it was from Evelyn, like, give them a bite of ice cream. Like, yeah, you want this bite of ice cream? Okay, sure. No problem. We're not going to make it a battle. Here, you can have a bite of ice cream, and then we're going to have dinner. So that way you can, you can not make it a battle, not make it an issue, like a mm -hmm. weird, like eating issue, like the way the rest of us all have like crazy eating issues. <laughs> and, um, and then also make sure that they're, you know, they're eating healthy food too. But, mm -hmm. you know, you have to use your own judgment and kind of think about walking that middle path. I think that first we do this and then we do this and having boundaries around, uh, you know, watching cartoons and sweets, that's all fine. And I, I think that's good. And I don't want you to feel guilty about that. And you do have good reasons for having those boundaries. You know, you, uh, that's, you know, you're kind of restraining that unrestrained child energy, right? Like, and you're <laughs> teaching him about restraint. So, so don't feel guilty about having those boundaries. The thing that's tricky is just, is the, is some, you know, you want to decide where exactly where those boundaries are and what the consistent message is, right? Yeah. So that we yeah. can be consistent. Cause uh, intermittent reward is the most tenacious <laughs> kind of reward psychologically. That's what makes people like, I thought about that with my poor, my cat. I let, the, let her drink out of the faucet upstairs at the bathroom a few <laughs> times. And now she's just <laughs> hounding me. She won't like let me go <laughs> in the bathroom at all without her there. And it's very frustrating. And I'm like, oh goodness, what did I do? So you know, we want to think about what are those boundaries and can we be consistent so that you're, you know, they have clear expectations. And so, mm -hmm. so you may have a thing where, okay, well, you know, we only do screen time in the afternoon mm -hmm. and then you want to make sure you and your partner only do screen time in the afternoon. So that way, um, any of those, like for instance, this is just an example of a boundary that might be a healthy boundary for you to set. And then you say, you know, when, he asked 10 million times about this. Yeah, we only do it in the afternoon. And you just try to be as empathetic and understanding as you can that, of course, he wants us and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with him asking, but just, you know, this is, we just do it then. And then kind of hold, hold those boundaries as empathetically as you can and then be consistent with them. But yeah, you're allowed to have them yeah so don't do. don't <laughs> and it's good it's really good to have boundaries uh, it, you know because kids of permissive parents you know that's kind of the opposite right of authoritarian right and in an authoritarian parent the parents always winning and controls everything and permissive parents the kid wins every gets everything they want and the parent is not getting anything they want. Like in those relationships, researchers have shown that kids don't feel very loved and cared for because they don't have those boundaries. So 
we you don't you're good keep keep your boundaries just be consistent with them and but i would also say like and consider you know it it's hard it is hard to raise kids when there's negotiation about needs i think because that means there's going to be a lot of conversations about this is what i'm needing and this is what you're needing kind of thing but that really is the best way to raise kids to be in a world where they do have to negotiate needs with different people and not a world where just the most powerful person wins all the time and the other loses, right? Where we respect each other's needs. So you can balance like having those firm boundaries with hearing him and seeing him and like, yeah, that would be so awesome if we could watch cartoons all day. Wouldn't that be great? I get it. Like, you know, I hear you. But this is why we don't do that. And this is this is our this is what we do in our house. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Well, consistency consistency has always been an issue for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have attention deficit myself. So <laughs> that's not unusual. <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah, uh, you know, being a parent is a const is constant self improvement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> Yeah. So what would help you to have those, um, those kind of like habits and boundaries be consistent in your household in general? Do you want to, what could you well, do to do that? Well, I've been, um, thinking about like visualizing everything, like our schedule, um, like putting, putting it down on a board and just, um, yeah. But I've been thinking about it for months, but I haven't <laughs> yet gotten to doing it. But the, um, the psychiatrist also recommended to visualize like Misha's routines so that he can you know, to have pictures so that he can, um, and, and windows, that he can close the window like on the mm. picture after he's completed it. Mm. Like this is... Um, but it's not only going to be for him, it's also going to be for me. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. I think I will get to doing it. Maybe I'll have help, like have his art teacher help us do it, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could like get some pictures that you could color in, mm -hmm. you know, and you could yeah. ask for his help with the project. Hey, do you want to help me pick, pick some pictures out for these things? And would you like to mm -hmm. color them in? And and I'm just trying to, you know, explain to him what you're doing. And, and, and if you can involve him in the project, then he has even more buy-in, which is great. Yeah. All right, well, so, great, Liliana. This is, this is awesome. I'm so glad we got to have you come on the podcast. So cool. Thanks um, so much. <laughs> what I'm um, just talking about, <clears throat> so we talked about this comparing and accepting challenge we talked about sort of these boundaries and things. So um, what do you think is going to be your biggest takeaway from talking today? Um, I can't name just one. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess this, this feeling is a very important takeaway, you know, like the feeling that I'm okay. Mm. Yeah. Like everything, everything's okay. And it is going to be okay. It's, Life has been getting easier. It is gonna get easier, um, but um, it's just some. I I need some to take some definite, concrete steps, and I sort of have a plan already in my head of what I'm gonna do. And I I noted down some things. I'm gonna go through them after we finish, and sort of have that plan formalized. All right. Good. Good. I'd love to see it. You'll have to show me when you're done. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'll send it over. <laughs> Thank you so much, Liliana. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Hunter. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I love doing these on-air coaching calls because I really want to, I love doing this. Like I love helping others and, you know, helping to just see clearly, see things. And it really does um, make a huge difference to be able to bounce ideas off of each other. Um, the other night in our Mindful Parenting member live call, 
we talked about a lot of things and one of them was just finding time for different things. How do we find time? And I walked um, a member through like, okay, what's in your day? How can we get this time to do this thing? What's important to you? And having that kind of feedback can be a huge game changer in life. And that's why we have that kind of live coaching three times a month in the membership. And it's so valuable to be able to get that. And people actually at Liliana once, she posted a question and then it and wasn't able to be on the live call, but we answered it. I answered it on the live call. So that's also an option too. If you want a little taste of what do we learn in the membership, because it really centers on three things, like it's that sort of a three pillars of the mindful parenting membership, mindfulness, self-compassion, and skillful communication. That's, it's all about the intersection between those three things, mindfulness, self-compassion, and skillful communication. You're, if you want a little taste of that, you can get that in the mindful parenting free training. And we're going to, you're going to talk, we're going to talk about communication, why your kids don't listen to you, how to stop yelling, parenting during the pandemic, all of these things we're going to really be circling through mindfulness, self-compassion, and skillful communication, which are really the essential things you need to make your relationships amazing. And I think we're just, this is the perfect time to do it because we're just seeing how vital this is, right? As we spend so much time with our kids. So whether we're sending our kids back this fall or not, these things are so, so, so important. So I hope you'll join us. That's at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training, mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. And, and like I said, we put it in the show notes. So if you want to click on your phone or whatever podcast player to the info tab or whatever it is, there should be a link right there and you can join up right there and and be sure to join with friends. It really actually show research shows if you do it with a group of friends and you guys talk about it, you'll actually learn and retain so much more, helps you learn more. So I would love to see like a whole group of you. I'll give you all a shout out. That'd be great. Um, and that's it. Um, so I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I love, love, of course, love to hear what you got out of it. A great way to do that is to like take a screenshot of what you're, of your listening and tag me in your Instagram story. I'm at mindful mama mentor at mindful mama mentor. And next week I'm so, this is going to be another amazing episode. We have a great lineup. We're going to talk about coping skills for kids with Janine Halloran. So make sure you check it out next Tuesday. And I think that's it. All the things to say, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're hanging in there. It's not easy. I hope you're hanging in there. I'm there's so much going on in so many people's lives and I really, uh, it's a hard time in the world and I'm really just hoping the, there's these, the silver lining. For me, I hope the silver lining of this pandemic is that we can see how we don't have a safety net for people. That's my biggest thing. It just is like, breaks my heart. We have so much wealth, so, so much wealth. We just need to be able to have safety net for people. It's really, really important. You know, I talk about, you know, self-care is your responsibility and that's true, but gosh, it's hard for me to say that when I know that people don't have the safety nets that we should have just due to the, you know, the luck of the draw. So anyway, so I'm thinking about you and I'm, I'm hoping that you're safe and hoping that you're well and I hope that you can give gratitude whatever for whatever safety and shelter and love that you have been given as I'll be giving that gratitude too and I hope to be in your ears next week thank you so so much for listening namaste